If you have fallen asleep at 7.30 on a Friday night, you might be a teacher. Teaching is crazy, fun, exhausting, challenging, rewarding, and did I mention crazy? And as Catholic school teachers, we are also entrusted with imbuing Catholic identity. It's a huge responsibility, but fortunately for us, there is Finding God, the amazing K-8 faith formation program from Loyola Press. It's innovative, engaging, and the most inclusive and complete program we've ever used. Multimedia? Check. Scripture? Check. Family resources? Check. Bilingual? Check. And don't forget, posters, worksheets, quick start guides, apps, magazines, lesson plans. Seriously, Finding God has all you need and more. Pray about it. Visit FindingGod.com and order a sample. Finding God might not help you stay awake later on a Friday night, but it will help you sleep better knowing you're helping guide kids toward a faith-filled life. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Colleen and I'm here with Jill and we are grateful to be together again to laugh, explore and connect. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. Hey, Jill, I got a question for you. You always do. Hello, Colleen. (laughs) Hi. So, um, I, for, I actually have a couple of questions for you. So tell me when I say universal design for learning, um, what first pops into your head? I, I think I've talked about this a little bit, but I don't know, like what's your depth of knowledge on universal design? Oh, I have some depth of knowledge here. So universal design, I don't know if I have an image in my mind, but basically when the concept comes to mind that if you are figuring out a scenario with a kid or a certain type of student or a certain uh, intervention for one kid. If you think like way wider, you realize ah. so this is like the big aha I think of like you realize, whoa, everyone could learn for everyone might want to learn like ah. this or everyone might need this strategy. And so by universal and again, I'm, I'm not the textbook definition here, but I think about what's good for everyone might be might come from an inspiration of what you're doing with an individual kiddo. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, kind of what I, what I say 800 million times to the people that I'm training in universal design is, um, chances are whatever it is that you're doing is absolutely necessary for some of the kids in your class, but it's also going to be good or better for all of the kids in your class. So it, when you're universally designing and this is different, I want to, I want to kind of go back a little bit because, um, I want to say like back in the, gosh, was it mid to late nineties when, uh, you know, the, the universe, not the universal design push, the, um, differentiated instruction push came Mm -hmm. out and we were like, I was coming out of college. Then you were probably like in college learning about differentiated instruction, the difference between universal design and differentiation, because I still hear people use the differentiated instruction language. And Mm -hmm. this is different than that. So when you hear differentiation, what do you think of? This is not where you're going, I don't think. But there was a bad era there where we were trying to label kids to saying, well, I'm a visual learner. I'm an audio learner. And there was like a bit of like labeling and then only teaching kids that type of way. Learning styles. There we go. That's what I was thinking about. Mm -hmm. Like there were some eras there where we were trying to like... What we were trying to do, and by we, I mean everyone in education was trying to do, was trying to get kids the way that they needed to be like understood. Like I, I understood, 
I understand like we were trying to make some progress that wasn't, um, it just made it messier and harder to teach that way. And it didn't really work because you're not one type of learner. You should be able to like grow in all those areas. So we made it harder on ourselves, but it was, I think it was with a similar intention though. I mean, the intention always is like, how do I get every student to learn? Like, I I don't think anyone has bad intentions, even when there's these eras where we realize it didn't work that way. So, um, I don't think I'm answering your question, but I think, uh, differentiated. Yeah. It means like different things for different kids, which is it means different fine things in for theory, different kids. Yep. but it's hard. Yeah. In reality. Right. So, yes. So I remember mm-hmm. like, you know, back uh, my early years of teaching, you know, being to, okay, so you're going to differentiate for this student, this student, and this student, and because this one has this, you know, diagnosis, or this is what's on this child's learning plan, or, and then I'm going to do three different things. And then I'm going to do something for everybody else. And so in my mind, that is differentiation. It's doing something different for certain kids. And, and even within those kids that you're differentiating for, those things might even look different. That is not sustainable. And that causes teachers to burn out. (laughs) Totally. So, um, so I'm not going to ask teachers to, to actually, the only time you would actually be differentiating then, um, differentiating something would be if you are modifying curriculum for a student in your classroom who might have an Mm -hmm. intellectual disability or a developmental disability, and they need modification. These are few and far between in our classrooms. Mm-hmm. Okay. So universal design is act, it's, it's exactly what you said in the beginning. So this is a way that we, and I think the difference is it's a, it's a way of thinking. It's really a way that we do school in a way that, that thinks about, okay, so let me widen the net a little bit. If I, if I allowed for some choices, um, then kids can have choices in the way that they engage with the learning or in the way that they're going to be assessed. Or um, maybe they, maybe I could do something different um, in the way that I'm presenting information. So why don't we, over the course of the next couple of days, let's, let's tear this down a little bit because there are actually three pillars in universal design for learning. And the first pillar is student engagement. So let's look at student engagement a little bit. In that first, in that first pillar of student engagement, what we're really talking about is recruiting interest. So we want kids to be able to uh, figure out how to uh, connect with something that they're already interested in and connect it to what it is that we're teaching them. We also want and them I, wait, to- Wait, wait, wait. I want to tell you, wait, I'm going to yeah. interrupt you because this is reminding me if, okay. of this engagement also comes from everyone having an entry point. So if you have a topic in class that like there's certain kid who's like, I have no flipping idea what you're talking about, (laughs) then you have not found a way to engage them. But it also means there was nowhere for that student to enter into the conversation because it was either already over their head or you're you were using like baseball statistics and this kid has never seen a baseball game. So either by topic Mm, or by uh, level of complexity, like this kid had no entry point. So you're trying like yep. universally, you're trying to design like an entry point for all kids to be engaged. Yes. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for articulating that. So another piece of engagement is helping kids to be persistent and to sustain effort. So they have to understand what is going to be the goal or the objective. Why am I doing this? How many times have kids said to us, why am I doing this? We have to actually build that into 
our te- I, I've seen many, many, many teachers do this really, really well. They set something up and they say, okay, this lesson is going to be a big piece of this is where we're going. Um, this is why you need to know this because this is what we're going to want to do in the end. So you are thinking about backward design and you're teaching the kids like this is our end point and this is where we're going to start. So we're going to do this thing. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to get to that really cool thing at the end. Mm-hmm. So there's that piece. And then there's the self, the self-regulation piece. So if kids cannot facilitate their own ugh, investment in the learning, then they're not going to be engaged. And sometimes mm-hmm. this, so if you know what self-regulation is, that's actually a, you know, when we think about um, executive functions and self-regulation, and sometimes we think about behaviors and self-regulation, but it is, it's, it's for kids to be able to facilitate their own personal coping skills so that they can remain engaged in what's happening. And sometimes um, that that's a learning environment thing that can be, there can be distractions in the learning environment. There can be, um, maybe they need some flexible seating. Maybe they need some, you know, fidget tools. Maybe they need to get up and move. Maybe they need the lessons broken up um, into 10 minute chunks. Like there are so many different ways you can help kids to be able to self-regulate, but they've got to feel like they, um, they're comfortable enough in the classroom and, and that they, they kind of own that classroom. I know we've talked about that before, Mm -hmm. but I, I have a good example of um, a teacher that I observed that did an exercise with students. That is a good example of an engagement strategy to use at the beginning of a lesson. And, um, I'm going to attribute this one to her name is Christina Perez, and she's a junior high teacher at Precious Blood Catholic School in Los Angeles. So you've probably been in her classroom, Jill, actually. Um, So I observed, I was there during the Advent season. So I was able to observe a lesson, I went in and I caught the very beginning of it, which was great. So she put up on her board a KWL. Have you ever done a KWL chart in a class? Yeah. Yep. Various times. Yes. Yeah. This is an engagement strategy. It helps to figure out what kids know, what is their entry point, as you said. And she put up a KWL chart and she said, I want you to fill out the K and the W at your tables. So she had them in groups. She said, I want you to first talk at your tables and then we're going to put it up on the board. But I want to know what you know and what you want to learn about Jesus's birth. I want to know what you know and what you've learned about the Christmas story. And I thought to myself, there are seventh and eighth graders in a Catholic school. Surely they know all of the things, right? (laughs) Oh no. Oh no. Just watching the activity itself was fascinating. So again, like that just goes to sometimes we can't assume that kids know things, even when we think that it's an obvious thing. And Mm -hmm. the lesson ended up going really, really well. It was really fascinating. There were a couple of kids that didn't know some really basic things about the Christmas story and the way that other students were able to fill in some of those gaps and that kids would say, you know, actually, I want to know. I've always heard this part of the story, but I don't know what it means. And I want to know what it means. It was Mm -hmm. fan. Fantastic. So, <laughs> yeah, and there's plenty we As, don't know about the birth story. Like, we know yes, some things, yes. but we have limited knowledge. So, that's good yeah. for kids to know, too. So, some of their wants to know yeah. probably weren't answered in the lesson. No, no, but that's it's great okay. to be able to articulate it and to know that there's a lot of people in the room that really don't know everything and want to know things, too. So, it was great. But, okay, so that is, um, 
that is going to be a wrap for today. So universal design is a really big topic to tackle in a couple of short episodes, but um, we do have to go back to class. So that'll be, uh, we'll come back to this tomorrow. How does that sound? Sounds great. All right. All right. Well, thanks for the energy boost. We really do love exploring your ideas and affirming your efforts. Keep the suggestions coming in and tune into our next episode as we talk about more great ideas from fellow teachers. We will see you next time. 